0: Well, look at your neighbor and just say to them, I'm coming out. Just tell them, I'm coming out. Now look at the same person and declare this by faith, say, and you're coming out too. <laughs> hey, I declare it. I declare you are coming out. You're coming out of your debt. You're coming out of your poverty. You're coming out of your lack. You're coming out of your sickness. You're coming out of loneliness. And you're coming out of not enough. Everybody shout, it's my season. For those that don't know, on Friday night, we entered into a brand new season. Um, We entered into what is called the atonement season. And if you allow me for a few minutes, I'm going to break it down. I'm going to teach you some things today. I think we're going to bless you and help you and set you up for the next 12 months. These seasons that God has set in place are to set us up. For the next year. It's always about God planning for the future in our lives. Um, We did have an incredible thing that happened on Friday right before the sun went down. Because that sundown is when the atonement season began. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur began. Uh, And again, I'm going to break that down. What it means to the Christian. Not just to the Jew. But also to the believer in Christ. And uh, right before the sun went down, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. And I believe God's saying. I'm going to say. I'm going to tell you prophetically. I believe. I believe God is about to do something in the Supreme Court system. I believe God's about to do some things in this nation that He needs certain people in certain places. And prophetically, I believe God is speaking. Well, He said, "Well, she was old, Pastor. Give her a break." And see, she just passed. But happens to just pass away one of the most powerful people in the world certainly in our nation, but in the world, uh, passed away right before, uh, right at the time of atonement, I should say it that way, because it was atonement somewhere, because atonement started over in Israel first and then here. So um, I, just look for the prophetic pronunciation on that. I believe God's going to do something very significant with uh, Scotus and and what God's doing in the laws of the land. Um, uh, the priest blew the shofar in uh, Israel on Friday. Uh, and when he blows the shofar, you've seen the, the the pictures of them, or maybe seen the videos of the the long ram's horn, and they blow it, and 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 it's it's when it's done right, it's beautiful. When, when some Christians do it, it ain't so good. They don't do a good job of it, but they try their best. But when the priest does it, it sounds wonderful. And um, at that moment in Israel, it 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 signified that Rosh Hashanah has begun. They did it right at sundown. In Israel, and boo, 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 they, they let these things go, and it, it, it's a signification that, that Rosh Hashanah has begun. Rosh Hashanah marks the beginning of the creation of man. So this goes all the way back. God, He marked it the time that He created Adam and Eve in the garden. Okay? So this goes back. So on God's seasonal calendar, the year just rolled over to the year 5781. So those of you that love the 80s, the 80s are here. Praise God. <laughs> They're here. 80s are back. And so 5781 is the Hebraic cal- calendar that God uh, will show his feasts and his seasons and his cycles. And Israel has been celebrating Rosh Hashanah now for 3,133 years of that uh, five. 1,981 of those years, uh, uh, 3,133 of them have been celebrated by the Jews. Um, And the new covenant, we see that God also signifies this. So it's not just an old covenant standard with the Jews or Israel, but it's also with the new covenant and the believer. For instance, Jesus himself, the Messiah, celebrated Rosh Hashanah. Yom Kippur, he celebrated Passover. He celebrated the feast. the Bible talks about that. We know that that we know that the time that uh, of his death, nobody knows the exact day he died. We have a pretty good idea of it, but we, we know that the time of his death it was during the time of Passover actually because the Bible says he said, prepare the Passover that we may eat and then he knew he was going to die. Why? Because he was going to become the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, Slain on the cross of Calvary for all of mankind, so um, so he kept the feast. Jesus, you will find him keeping the feast. Um, also, the disciples, the disciples kept the feast, not just in the era of Jesus, but also after his ascension, his death, burial, and resurrection. The disciples continued to keep the feast. Uh, Peter, we know for a fact, kept the peace. We know Paul, uh, the Bible's not talking about the Apostle Paul, who would become a disciple, actually an apostle, but the, the ultimate apostle because he wrote two thirds of your New Testament. And um, God gave him incredible revelation, but one thing he always did, he always kept. Rosh Hashanah. He always kept the Passover. Uh, not only that, but also the third one that's in the, in between those two, which is Pentecost as well. Uh, you have Passover. Pentecost is 50 days later. Pentecost means 50 or 50th. And then, of course, in the fall time of the year, you have you have Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. So he kept the feast. Matter of fact, they told him, "Don't go into Jerusalem, because you'll be killed there." And he says, "I must go. Why? I've got to keep the feast." This was again. Many years after the ascension of Jesus Christ, so Rosh Hashanah uh, was um, was in fact it moves right into something called Yom Kippur. They're two separate things. Rosh Hashanah is eight days. Yom Kippur is two days. So September 27th and 28th will be uh, Yom Kippur. So it's kind of like the it's kind of like the the uh, exclamation point on the end of the atonement season. Rosh Hashanah. Yom Kippur is called also the 10 days of awe or just the days of awe or the time of atonement. Lots of different names for this time season because every one of those names describes something. About the season, which is kind of cool, because God shows you the many faceted things that He's wanting to do during these particular cycles. Um, don't I want to say this as well? Don't forget me online because I've already done two uh, times with you at eight o'clock. So tonight I'll be uh, on, on with you as well. Don't forget about that because we're gonna. I'm gonna give you little keys. And I won't give today as much, or I'll expand on them. And then I'm gonna pray with you. We're gonna keep together. During the days of all. So, we're already two days in. We got eight days more to go, including tonight at eight o'clock. You guys that are watching me online, just plug in tonight as well. So, <clears throat> these days are also referred to another name, the Feast of Trumpets. You probably have heard that before. Again, that's another reason why the, the priest would blow the trumpet or the sound of the trumpet of the shofar uh, in Israel because it's called the Feast of Trumpets. Also, it's called Atonement. Which we talked about, but then the third part of it is called the Feast of Tabernacles. This is interesting because one of the things that happens during this time is that that in, in all reality, and this is this is what's good about how God formulates things. During this season is also the time of judgment. It speaks of not only the beginning of time, but they also the end of time, of the judgment of the world. But it also speaks of personal judgment to the nation of Israel and to God's people. So during this time, it's like God said "You know, God." God, look, sin is sin. We know that it separates us from God. We know that sin, uh, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So the ultimate judgment of sin is death. But God gives mercy, doesn't he? He gives grace. He gives us opportunity. We better thank God for Jesus because he gives us opportunity to make things right. And he does it. He does it. I mean, in a, just instantly, instantaneous. As soon as you ask God to forgive you, I mean, His mercy begins to flow. That's a wonderful thing about God. If we didn't have mercy, Elder Pito, what would happen to us? We'd have judgment, right? And the ultimate judgment would be what? Death. So the feast of trumpets doesn't just speak of signifying Rosh Hashanah, but also speaks of the fact that um, that there's going to be judgment. So what does God do? He also calls this time atonement atonement is when we when we repent to God ask God to forgive us we're we're atoning for our sin and God removes the judgment So you have feast of trumpets, judgment, atonement comes for us to have forgiveness of the judgment or the sin. And then the next thing he calls it is the feast of tabernacles. What's the feast of tabernacles? That is the tabernacle, Bible says, is us. We are the the temple of the Holy Ghost. Same word for tabernacle. And that means what happened? Ultimately, when Jesus came to the scene, Jesus does what? He fills us. As Spirit comes, I and the Father shall come and be with you. We shall be in you. When I leave, I'll send another, the Comforter. He'll be in you. Well, the Comforter cannot come. The Holy Ghost can't come inside of you until there has been what? A removal of sin because God can't dwell where sin is. And so the judgment came. We go, oh, God, we don't want your judgment. We ask you to forgive us. Atonement comes. The forgiveness of sin comes. So that what? He can fill us up. Just look at your neighbor and say, it's time for God to fill us up. Come on, tell him. It's time for God to fill us up. Now, I want to say this again. There are 10 days in total they are, they are considered God's holy days. These days have been set by God as an appointment called a feast. Everybody say feast. Now, what's important about feasts is many times you and I look at a feast as something to eat. And many times in, in these feasts, there are things that you eat or you refrain from eating depending on the particular cycle. But, but in this matter, it's not what it means. A feast does not mean to, to chow down. A feast actually means an appointment. It means an appointment. So when God says, These, this is my feast, he's saying, this is my appointment. Many times, hopefully daily, every day, you make an appointment with God. And you spend time with the Almighty. But this is different. This is not you making an appointment. This is God setting the calendar, saying, on this date, I want all my people all over the world to gather together and talk to me. And a b- bunch of this has to do with this, because this is a time of Celebration. It's a time of prayer, it's a time of praise, it's a time of giving, and it's a time of repentance. All of that together. What's it saying? God's saying, I want the church, I want my people to turn back to me. There are, there, in other words, God said, I realize you live in the world and much of the world can get up on you. You need to be washed of those things. So therefore, we are better together, we're stronger together. So I want everybody to come together. I want every believer, all my children to come together and stand before me. And in this moment, I will atone you of your sin, remove the judgment that's coming in our life if we don't get atonement. And then it does what? He begins to fill us up with what we need, what we have to have, what we need to receive. This is also a time for preparation. Everybody say preparation. Because before there can be manifestation, there must first be preparation. What's preparation? It's me walking in faith. It's you walking in faith. So God gives us certain um, instructions, and in those instructions, by the way, I believe this is a new season. We're under an open heaven, I believe with all my heart. This is that moment in time, Uh, but also with that, God gives us and carries with it a new instruction. So we have to have our ear in the spirit to hear what God is saying to us. What's he saying to you, and also what he's saying to the church, and the two will come together. And so this is that time. So it's a time for preparation, getting things organized, getting things right in my life. Uh, it's it's also um, a new season, which brings new assignments. So let me let me ask you this: How many of you could use a brand new season in your life? How many ready for a new season in your life? Well, it's so simple. Why don't we take advantage then? of the season that we're in because he's already said, this is my appointment with you. If you'll keep my appointment, just do what I ask you to do for these next 10 days. For us right now, it'll be another eight. Uh, By the way, it was always extended for the Jews. Uh, People were coming from all over the place, and so it went up to a month that people could begin to offer to God and begin to do the things they were promising God and so on, or God asked of them. So it, it can take some time, but my point is, this is that moment. The time of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah actually translates, means this, head of the year. The head of the year or a new beginning. So every, uh, it's so beautiful about God, but every uh, every half a year or so, depending on exactly where it falls because God uses the lunar schedule, not the solar schedule. We would use the solar schedule for our our Gregorian Gregorian calendar, but God uses the lunar schedule. So it depends, kind of fluctuates within about uh, 15 or 20 days. But every half a year or so, God says, I'm going to give my people a fresh start. This is incredible of God. And not only that, but I'm going to give them benefits with it. All they've got to do is adhere to what I ask. Give me what I want. If you give me what I want, I'll blow your mind what I'll do with you in the next 12 months. What we do now determines how the rest of our year will go. So it's where God promises a new season in Rosh Hashanah. It's the head of the year. It's the new beginning in in, in our lives. It's him keeping the appointment. The books now are open. The Bible talks about the books in heaven that are open. And every single person, every one of you has a book. And that could be a book for every year, like a ledger. I don't know how God does all that, but that's his business. But the Bible talks about books that are open. And so at that point, he determines, he determines based on what you're willing to the degree of your obedience and you're willing to sacrifice, he determines how the rest of the 12 months are going to go for you. Okay? It doesn't mean God can't move at any moment between those 12 months. I believe in that. I believe in that. But there are special moments where God moves, special opportunities where God. If, for instance, if God opens a door for you to take a certain certain job and you didn't take it uh, and, and, and you go, wow, I, I, I look back, and I, I probably should have took that job. It may be a while before another door opens for you. Because God had a moment in time for that to happen. Doesn't mean that he won't open a new one. Doesn't mean he doesn't forgive you. It just means there are special moments that sometimes we miss the opportunity in those moments. So my assignment this morning is to walk you through the word of God and reveal to you the incredible blessing God has ordained for you during this season. So let's take a look at it. Leviticus chapter 23, they'll put the stuff on the screen for you. Leviticus chapter 23 verse 1 and 2 says, "And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, The feasts of the Lord which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my appointments. These are my appointments." And then again, then it says in verse 27, also the 10th day of this seventh month shall be the day of atonement. Well, what is 2nd You're thinking, well, aren't we in the ninth month? Well, on our calendar, we're in the ninth month. But in God's calendar, we're in the seventh month. Where does that come from, Pastor? Remember, every single cycle of, from between Passover to atonement, atonement to Passover is a new year, okay? So if you go back to Passover, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, it's the seventh month, right? It's the tenth day of the seventh month. That was the time that, on the lunar schedule. Uh, he said, it shall be called a holy convocation for you, and you shall afflict your souls. What does it mean to afflict your soul? It just means self-denial. It's saying, during this time, I don't get what Jeff wants. I'm going to give God what he wants. And I found out in my young years, praise God, that what I want and he wants are two different things sometimes, right? So i got to learn to put my... I have to deny myself. I afflict my soul, okay, for his sake. And watch this, the latter part of this says, and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. That simply means I give to God of something of monetary value. And they would offer many times to the fire only to say that this, God doesn't need the money. God doesn't need what you're offering him, but it's it's what you're showing him is that it's worth something to me. And because it's worth something to me, I want to give to you And the fire represents that you can't get it back. So once I give it, I don't give it back. I don't get it back. I gave it to God. I gave it to the work of God. Now, today, offerings are no longer blood sacrifices. Can somebody say praise the Lord for that? I don't want to see blood up in here. Amen. I don't want to offer no bowls and stuff. I don't want to be no sheep. I mean, amen. I don't want to be that kind of priest. Amen. But, but, but in days of old, God required the blood. The blood, why? Because there's life in the blood. There's nothing more valuable than that. But now watch this. Every single cattle that these herdsmen have or, the, or, or every single um, uh, sheep that was in a flock that these shepherds had, they owned them. They traded for them. They bartered for them. They used money, monetary value, so they had worth. How many knows that, especially back in those days, those animals were worth a lot because they were the business. Of the community, and so, or that family, or whatever, it was business, and the same is true now. We just bought some meat, and it cost a lot of money. My wife was really upset about that, but it cost a lot of money, and uh, and I wanted to get it, and so and so and 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 it wasn't cheap, right? A dead animal is not cheap. Praise God. Why? Because it's value to us. So again, God's he's 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 making the record clear. You offer offerings, but now, and then it was blood or living sacrifices. Now it's different, but it's still the same thing, that it costs you something. It has a monetary value to it. Modern offerings and sacrifices are what we give financially. Every time you give your tithe and offerings... It is what? It is what? The Bible says it is an offering to God. It's to do what? It's to fulfill the vision to that local church that God's given that local church, but also to expand his kingdom on earth. Well, faith builders I know is good ground. There's a lot of other churches that are good ground as well. But, but my point is I know this one is because we've seen hundreds of thousands of people get born again right at our altars over the last 21 years. So we know this is a great place to expand the kingdom, but it is also to fulfill the vision of that house, to take care of that house, make sure that house is well supplied for. So that would be today's uh, vernacular of that. No more blood, praise God, no more flesh, but now it's monetary. So what are the days of all about? Again, I'll break it down real quick. It is about repentance, number one. What is repentance? Repentance means to what? to turn. So it is a turning back. so you go in one direction and you make a 180 and you go the direction of God, right? You repent or you return to God. The, 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 the whole theme of these next this next week plus is going to be returning back to God. Making things right with God. Don't you want to make things right with God? You can almost feel it inside you. I don't know. I, I, I got so much going on, but I want to make sure that my relationship with God is good and is right. Also, it's a time of forgiveness. So God forgives us, but he also requires us to forgive others. So we've got to learn to forgive each other, forgive our parents, forgive those that hurt us, forgive those who uh, who who uh, who who used us and abused us and or talked behind our back. Let it go. It's also a time of judgment where God will bring certain judgments to the earth. Don't be afraid. When you're right with God, He doesn't bring judgments to you. Why? You're repenting. You're returning back to him. He's making it right. It means atonement. It means offering. Now next Sunday, one week from today, we are going to bring our atonement offering to God. Those that don't know what that is, we simply say, ask God what you should bring to him. That ain't my business. That's not anybody else's business to know either. But it's God's business. What is it that God's requiring from you? It always, usually always, I shouldn't say always, it almost always stretches you. So in other words, if you're not used to giving a certain amount, he'll usually say, give that. He'll, oh, Lord Jesus, is there anybody else up there that I can talk to you about this thing right here, right? He'll, he'll usually stretch you because a lot of times he's asked my wife and I to give what we didn't have. But because we made a decision that whatever he asks, he gets, we'll start with what we can give him. Someone I'm say amen. So on September 27th, which is next week, we're right, right in Yom Kippur, the beginning of Yom Kippur. Matter of fact, that night, We'll issue forth Yom Kippur. We're going to give to God. Those that are online, you're going to give to God. You'll do it by way of the internet, but we're all going to do this because we want what I'm going to talk about next for just a few minutes. You want these next blessings on your life. A portion of that is your repentance, coming back to God, getting things right within the area of forgiveness, but also giving God the offering he deserves. It's called the honor system. God wants to be honored. Jesus said where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, is your heart for him or is your heart not for him. He'll test us in these times to see what we're able to do. And he will ask you to do things sometimes that seem impossible. Matter of fact, I haven't even talked to my wife yet but I already got a figure and I know we don't have it. Sorry baby. I got some faith. I don't know if you got it yet or not. And so if it comes, if it comes on Sunday it comes on Sunday. If it doesn't I'll give what I can but I believe in the next 30 days because that's how long the Jews had. I believe in 30 days God will give me the rest and I'll be able to honor the vow. That's how it works. And you say, it just happened, you're going to get blessed You go, ooh, I got vacation money here. And God says, no, I told you to, get. oh, yeah, that's right. Because you don't want to eat your seed. If you eat your seed, that's, that's it, you got no crops. But if you can have some of your seed, fine, but if you plant more seed in the ground you'll reap a tremendous harvest in your life so i need you praying this week those watching me right now you're still connected to this. pray this week what is god telling you to give honor god in giving matter of fact there i feel a giving spirit right now in the world in the earth something's going on and y'all did so good by the way let me just tell you this too uh, i told you we gave three thousand to lake charles we gave over four thousand dollars total to lake charles come on somebody say amen And I called Pastor Muncie and a few others, and they got thousands more dollars their way. So, and you know, and they may need more. But for right now, I'm thankful for you for answering that call. You did a tremendous job. So, church, here's the cool thing. There are seven blessings. If you just give me a few minutes here, there are seven blessings God offers His people during the season. If by faith you obey His ways, remember, it's His appointment, not my appointment. These seven blessings can be found in Joel chapter 2. Let me break it down for you. Joel chapter 2, verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. What's the first month? Right now. Right now is the first month, right? In our calendar, no, but in God's calendar, boom, it's Happy New Year time right now. So number one is this. God promises when you keep Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the, the time of atonement, the days of all, the feast of the trumpets, the feast of the Tabernacle, It's all the same thing. If you'll keep it, it is number one, you will receive a double portion. He said he will give you the rain, the former, and the latter rain together in one month. So God wants to begin to rain out a blessing upon you that's not going to be just once but twice in the same time. So, you are going to receive a double portion from the Almighty. I feel that going strong over us. You know what I feel? I feel faith in the house beginning to rise. There is an expectancy in people watching me online, the same thing. There's an expectancy. What's interesting is that God tells us how to receive the double portion in verse 15, where he says, Blow the trumpet. It's talking about the Feast of Trumpets during that cycle. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. We'll be talking about that at the end of it. You don't fast during this time. You fast at the time of Yom Kippur. In other words, at the end. And the 10th day is when you begin to fast, if you want to do it that way. I believe that's the way we should do it. Uh, Call a sacred assembly. It says gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. What am I doing right now? Getting the people together. I got the elders together. We pray on Tuesday nights. Uh, you know, and so we're assembling the people together. Gather the children, the nursing babes. Uh, and prophetically speaking, we got the children in the room today. Praise God. That just happened to work out this time. Um, it says, and the bride from her dressing room, uh, the bride go out of his chamber, and the bride from her dressing room, let the priest who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. My job is to make sure I stay before God even with tears. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord. This is my prayer. Spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? This concerns me. I don't want the world to not know who God is. I want God to show himself strong, don't you? All right, look at verse number 12. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and mourning, with Repentance. Lord forgive me I've not done right by you I'm sorry I'm putting words in your mouth but you understand that's the spirit of it right so he said rend your heart not your garments back in those days they would rip their garments oh God forgive me right he says I'm not interested in that I want your heart man I want what's going on inside you that's what I want Return to the Lord your God. This is prophetic for us right now. For he is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and he, of great kindness. And he will relent from doing harm. In other words, he'll pull it back. What I thought I was going to do in judgment, now because I've seen your heart. Because you turned back to me. Because you made it right with me. Because you kept my appointment. Because you did this with me these, over these days. I'm going to pull it back. And I'm going to show you great mercy and kindness. Look what happens as a result in verse number 18. Then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. And I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations, but I will remove far from you, listen to this, the northern army. I'll drive. He's going to deal with your enemies. I will drive them away into a barren and desolate land, which has faced uh, toward this eastern sky, sea rather, and his back toward the western sea. His stench has come, will come up, and his foul odor will rise because he has done monstrous things. Fear not, O Lamb. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid of the beasts of the field, for the open pastures are springing up, and the trees bear its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength." Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. Here it is, that double portion, the former rain, the latter rain in the first month. Look what God is saying. This is absolutely awesome. He's saying to you, I'm going to deal with your enemies. In other words, warfare is going to stop over you. Now, it doesn't mean we don't have warfare in in general, but it means the same old battle that you've been battling with over and over again is coming to an end in your life. I believe that. I speak that over you. Also, God's saying, I will respond. If you come to me, you'll see me respond. You will start to see it all around you. I'm going to respond from heaven. And I believe that with all my heart, he's doing it right now. The harvest then comes in double portion. Church, to receive God's double portion and the other six blessings, we must live our lives in repentance. He said to return. Like you return your clothes back to the store. Why would you return your clothes back to the store? Because they don't fit. If your lifestyle don't fit his word... Return. If your actions don't fit his will, return. If your goals don't fit his agenda, return it. Number two. These next go very fast. Number two, financial abundance comes to you. Number two, the second blessing, financial, financial abundance. Back to Joel 2.24. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. So as a result of repentance, we open ourselves to overflow and abundance. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm ready for some of that. Over and over through Scripture, God shows us how to turn on cycles of financial increase in our lives. You can pray all you want, but until you do what God asks you to do, it will never come to pass. Pray and obey. <laughs> willing and obedient. <laughs> you could be willing and still not obey. That's the action. Malachi 3.7. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Ah. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. You've gone away from what I required. He said, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, here we go. God makes it so that everybody can understand it. In what way shall we return? He says, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. You put your hand in my pocket and took from me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? He said, in tithes and offerings. I say it this way. You don't like it, get it out of the description. We'll just rip that right out of the pages of your Bible. But it's in the Bible. He's teaching us how to do things. This is how you get back. This is how financial blessing comes to you. He said, but you robbed me. He said, even this whole nation. He said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. He did say, you're cursed with the curse. He said, bring it back. Bring it back to the house of God that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing. Everybody say blessing. Blessing. What does blessing mean? chew. God bless you. Is that what that means? No, blessing means the empowerment to prosper. So, God gives you an anointing to receive financial blessing and overflow in your life. I feel the Holy Ghost on this, that there might be room enough to receive it. He said, and won't be room. He said, and I rebuke the devour for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. God said, enough of this, you not having enough. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So God doesn't hint to us how to do it. He's so bold, he offends us. God is so in your face, he offends us. What do you mean tithes and offerings? I do my best. And he said, That's, I'm trying to tell you, you're robbing, you're stealing. you got your hand. You have, you have put your hand in my pocket. Why don't you just ask of me? Just do what I ask you to do. Quit robbing me. Then the, the curse goes. Heavens begin to open because we're doing it God's way. It takes faith. It takes preparation. It takes obedience. It's hard. It takes sacrifice. But when it happens, all of a sudden God says, all these things are going to happen to you. It's going to overflow in you. So much you can't receive it all. Remember, the atonement offering is to be done from the heart and it's supposed to be done in faith. That's why you, are, um, you humbly ask God, Lord, what is it you want me to give? Well, I think I'll give like 50 bucks. That'd be be enough for the church. The church don't need it. Well, the church needs it. Shouldn't say it that way as if we don't. But that's that's not the system of God. You're not giving it to the church. You're giving it to God. So God can use it through the church. That's how it works, right? So you pray, you say, God, this... I, my heart's open. What do you want from me? All right, Deuteronomy 16, 16. Three times a year, all the males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses. Watch this. Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Tabernacles. What are those again? More names for the same thing. Feast of Unleavened Bread, Passover. Feast of, of, of Weeks is, um, is Pentecost. Feast of Tabernacles is Atonement. So three times a year, you're to come to God. He said, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty, Handed. God's so honest, he offends us. He don't care about what we're going through. He knows how to get the blessing to us. He knows how to open heaven. He knows how to give you more than you need. Show me anywhere in this Bible where somebody got more than they needed without giving first. It's the key. It's the principle. It's how it unlocks your destiny. Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord, your God, which he has given you. That's why we don't put a number on it. You give as you are able to give wherever your faith can land. God absolutely creates a culture of honor with his people by giving, because giving shows honor. I honor you with what I have. This is, response, this is the response of a grateful, willing heart. Your attitude always, always, always determines your altitude, how far you will go. Somebody say amen and amen. I got so much more, but I got to move it along. Number three is restoration. Restoration. Whatever's been revealed to you, will be restored to you. Whatever you can see, God says, you can have. Wherever your foot can tread upon, the sole of your foot, it will become your land, right? So God says, I expect you to get your faith out there and and, and believe me for restoration, right? Look at Joel 2, verse 25. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, my great army, which I sent among you. So God not only restores what has been chewed up and eaten out of your life, but gives us restitution for damages as well. God only gives you back what you lost, but he says, you know what? Also, you were, your time was down, and you, you, know, you missed portions of your life, so I'm going to give you restitution for that. Prodigal son, prodigal son goes out, spends all the money, messes up. What does he do? What does he do? What does he do? He goes out, the Bible says, and he repents i got to make it right with my father. And he goes back. Watch this. He action steps in. He goes back. He says, Father, I'm willing to be your servant. Just take me back. I blew it. I messed up. I sinned against you in heaven. And he said, all is forgiven, son. And takes his robe off, his ring off, his sandals off, puts it on him, his own robe, his own ring, his own sandals. In other words, come and here's the party we're going to throw for you. What's he saying? Not just you're going to get back what you had, but I'm going to give you more than you had because you decided to return to me. Come on, somebody. you watching me right now. Are you hearing this? Number four, miracles. Number four, miracles comes as a result. Joel 2.26, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. Okay? Well, wondrously God says that word means miracles I dealt wondrously with you miraculously with you you need some miracles to happen in your life right now we need miracles to happen by the way during this season Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur atonement all that this time days of all that's when Daniel was placed in the lion's den he needed a miracle God saved his life children of Israel in Egypt when they left Egypt right what happened? God did a miracle. Three Hebrew boys, they believe it was during this time, Rosh Hashanah, the three Hebrew put it in the fiery furnace, and God spared them from death in the fiery furnace, right? A miracle took place. Some of you all might feel stuck where you're at, like you've been detained. You feel like you've been detained. Let me make this statement. Detainment doesn't have to be containment. Let me say it again. Detainment doesn't have to be containment. God is not looking to contain you. He's wanting to set you free. And many of you need a miracle to show up in your life right now, in your finances, in your health, in your relationships, in your business. They say 60% of the businesses will not come back. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. Are we going to listen to God or prognosticators? At some point, we got to make up our minds. Do you know there are Christian businesses right now that are flourishing, exploding right now? should be happening. But the blessings upon their life because they work these principles. Number 5, God removes shame. Oh, hallelujah. Joel 2:27, then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. Ha. My people shall never be put to shame. God removes shame. For sake of time, let's move on. Number 6, God touches the whole family. Joel chapter 2:28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon my men servant and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. God promises to touch the whole entire family. Your family, God has your family in mind. Not just you. He wants to touch everybody. Possibly. Because of you and your obedience, he's going to touch everybody. We've got to to reclaim our marriages, our children, our grandkids, our churches, our city, our schools, our families. Look, our families need to be made whole again, especially in America. And lastly, number seven is deliverance. God will bring special deliverance during this time. Joel 2.32. It shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, hallelujah, shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. God is not only a restorer, but God is a deliverer. This is his business. This is what he does. Some of you have been in a cycle of destruction for so long, you don't even can't see the forest for the trees anymore. You are so overwhelmed, and you're dealing with alcohol or drugs or pornography or just playing out negativity or negative issues in your life. God is coming to set the captive free. This is what he does. That's why there's an open heaven. That's why there's an open heaven. Here's what this new year means. I want you to watch me right now. Stay with me. This is important. 5781 is the year 5781 in the Hebrew calendar. That's God's calendar. The number five, this is biblical numerics. This is not spooky. This is a system by which God's placed in, in His Word that we can study and learn. Number five, he, means to look. Seven, zain, means a weapon or a sword. Eight, Chet means to divide or offense, and one olef means strong, power leader, and ox. By the way, uh, we talked about this last year. That this is the decade. This we called it the year of the mouth last year. But really, if you study, it's the decade of the mouth. So the '80s, come on, y'all. The '80s are back. The '80s are back. The '80s is the decade of the mouth. And what happened at the decade of the mouth? This thing called coronavirus came. And not just in Wisconsin, not just in America, but all over the world, people put a mask over their mouth. The devil, and it's not wrong to wear the mask. That's not, I'm not, look, y'all, y'all send me stuff all the time, memes and stuff. I'm not involved in any of that stuff. I put the mask on. I don't complain. I put the mask on. Okay. I don't know what it's doing. Hopefully, it's doing something good. I don't know. I put the mask on. I believe it's going to do something good. So so I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the prophetic significance that the enemy would bring a strange virus the first of the year to cause us to have to cover our mouths. I'm trying to teach you to be prophetic. Look deeper. Other stuff's going on here. Interesting, isn't it? Um Number five means to look. Prophetically, we are to be looking. We are to, Jesus said, watch and pray. We must watch and pray. Tonight at 8 o'clock, we will pray. Uh, we pray. We will pray again. The date, I don't know what the date is. My son has it. But we'll talk about when we come back again for corporate prayer, which, by the way, last time was amazing. God's moving. We must pray. Watch and pray. Why? Temptations, Jesus said. To pull you out. Number seven means a weapon. In other words, there will be spiritual warfare in this decade, unlike anything we've ever seen. We're going to see it, but here's the, the, the good news about it. It's called the good fight of faith. So when you walk in God's ways, it's not hard fights. It's easy fights. As a matter of fact, the battle becomes almost like you're just, I love it. I'm charged by it. I'm excited because I get to defeat the devil today. He's got to be under my feet in the name of Jesus. And the way you do that is you don't punch the devil out. You use your mouth. Spiritual warfare. Year of the, decade of the mouth. And this is the time we're going to use our mouth, our tongue, as a weapon or a sword in the spirit. Somebody say Amen. Using the word of God, praying and declaring prophetically. Number eight means to divide or to separate. This is the time. I believe this is what the Lord's showing me. It's time for us to separate, be ye separate, says the Lord, from the world. It's a time to divide ourselves and come away from the world. We need to pull away from those things. There's a lot of things God's dealing with us right now. And you feel it in your heart, but you're going, well, so-and-so does it, and they still love God. And God's not talking about so-and-so right now. Maybe he is and not being obedient, but what's God saying to you? There are things that I believe that God's saying, I need you to separate from in this year because I'm going to do something special with you. Sanctification is just that. It's to pull away, to be separate for something special, okay? And then number one means strength, power, and leadership, or the ox, Um, In other words, I believe God has given us a responsibility to take the lead. It's time for us to lead, that God's going to give us the strength to lead like never before. We can't be followers in this day and hour. You need to lead your family. You need to lead your children. What do you mean by that? I'm telling you, you know what I mean. You can't be your children's best friend. You'll never earn their trust doing that. you got to be a parent. you got to be a leader in the household. And you got to be a leader on the job. You need to lead the way in your Christian walk with God. I'm not saying carry a 50-pound Bible and slapping people on the head with it. No that's religion, but I'm saying being there, just being available, letting people let your light shine, not being embarrassed. You're a leader. Well, they'll talk about me behind my back. They probably will a little bit talk about behind your back. But guess what happens? As soon as they're in trouble, they know exactly who to go to, and you'll be there for them. And then guess what happens? That person will become your greatest advocate. They'll fight for you behind your back. Amen. When you put those numbers together, it means this, it means you will be amazed. So in other words, this is going to be an amazing season for all of us. It may seem tough, but it's not going to be tough for us because God has given us a special grace, a unique blessing and anointing to be able to fight the good fight of faith and see the amazing works of God. It's a time for signs and wonders and miracles. You know, it's easy to get them in the good seasons. A little tougher, though, to do it in the bad season. But the bad season is when the world will turn and give their attention. Something good is happening over that church. Something good is happening over in that community. Something good is happening in that household. And they're drawn to it like a magnet. Somebody say amen. So we're going to do it this week. Tonight, you haven't started yet. Tonight you will get, you get caught up, by the way. They're still online. So you can get the other two that I've already done. But we're going to get caught up. What else are we going to do? We're going to repent. We're going to make God a priority. We're going to return back to God. What else are we going to do? We're going to get right with our tithes and our offering. And our offering is going to be starting this Sunday. Praise God. You pray. You ask God what you're to give. I'm not giving you a numbers. I'm not giving you suggestions. Just do what God says to do. And God will supply his house, the needs that we have here. But God will also supply your house. That's his promise. Somebody say amen.